Hi, friend. Welcome to Holly's Highlights, a podcast designed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to intentionally live your life full of purpose. I'm your host, Holly Kirby, motivational speaker, leadership cultivator, marketing strategist, and personal cheerleader. Let's check out today's highlight. This episode brought to you by American Heart Association. Cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of women, claiming more lives than all forms of cancer combined. The American Heart Association's Go Red for Women movement encourages you to take charge of your health because losing even one mother, daughter, or sister to cardiovascular disease is too many. Eat smart, exercise regularly, manage stress, and know your numbers, blood pressure, cholesterol, and body mass index. Go Red for Women is sponsored nationally by CVS Health and locally by Together to End Stroke sponsor, University of Utah Health, O.C. Tanner, and Smith's. Learn more at GoRedForWomen.org. Happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Oh, I enjoy this holiday as I love loving on my babies. Now, I'm not one to give into the hype of this holiday by going out to eat or buying flowers or chocolates because let's just face it, the prices skyrocket for anything and everything on Valentine's. But I do try to be creative in doing something for my kids, you know, the acts of love. As I've shared before, one of my favorites was one year I bought each of my kids a star and then revealed their galaxy kit by putting glow stars on their ceilings and cut out paper stars all around their room. I also enjoyed doing during elementary years, I'd pack a special lunch for them and go eat lunch with them at school, complete with strands of light up hearts and Valentine's stemware with chocolate milk or apple juice in them. It's just a fun day to add some extra lovin' on my kiddos. Now, Valentine's seems to have a a few different beliefs out there as to how it all originated, but one of those is that of St. Valentine. One of the legends has it that St. Valentine was imprisoned for helping Christians escape Roman prisons. And during this time, he had a young girl who would come visit him. And before he was put to death, he wrote a letter to the sweetheart of his where he signed it from your Valentine. Then in the 1300s, the Roman Pope Galatius declared February 14th as St. Valentine's Day, which of course has followed suit to what we now know it today, the Day of Love. So last Valentine's Day, we covered this thing called love with a licensed marriage and family therapist from Focus on the Family. What it is, what healthy relationships look like, challenges of it, you can check out all of that in Season 2, Episode 3. But last night, my children were actually arguing about love before bed. My son was wanting a hug and my daughter was wanting to just tell him she loved him. And and it dawned on me, we all at some point or another behave like my children. One wanting love shown in a certain way and another wanting to show it how they prefer. Why? Because we know love as we see it, as we feel it. But we don't always think about how someone else receives love. There's a great book by Gary Chapman, and it's called The Five Love Languages. I highly recommend reading it. Go on Amazon or wherever you want. Make the purchase if you'd like. It truly is a a great buy. And we're going to use that as our model today in understanding love, how to communicate it, and actions to take. The first love language that he shares is words of affirmation. So those needing love in this area need to be encouraged and shown appreciation verbally. Bonus points too, if you acknowledge their efforts or job well done in front of others. So that public display of words of affirmation. They also need it in conversations. Uh, They need to be shown that empathy and that they're really being listened to. 
Now, a great way to show this love is, of course, that verbal good job, but also in a text or maybe even a note. In the workplace, this could be a simple feedback to someone to be able to speak their love language to them. Now, one way I show my kids this love is by writing personal little notes on a napkin or a sticky note and putting it in their lunch boxes for when they go to school. I've done this from the very first day they went to school. The way that I receive my love in this area is through my dad. He just tells me he's proud of me and that fills my cup. So words of affirmation. Number two, physical touch. This is body language and actual touch to show love. This physical affection can be shown in many different relationships of love. You might hug a friend. I had a coworker that literally asked for pats on the back that filled them up and was their love language, even in the workforce. In intimate relationships, this is a kiss or making intimacy a priority. My kids like for me to rub their backs every single night. They want me to rub their back. And it could even just be sitting next to someone. So more of a physical presence, but physical touch. Number three, receiving gifts. We communicate this through our thoughtfulness in giving something to someone. We feel loved by receiving even a small token. It doesn't have to be grand. It just needs to be thoughtful. In the workplace, this could even be growth opportunities or training experiences. Gifts is actually not one of my top ones, yet one day at work, a a gal brought me a bottled Pepsi because she knew I just loved Pepsi. And this person isn't one that really invested much in me, but when she gave me the Pepsi, she was all smiles and she told me that when she saw the drink, she thought of me. And so then she proceeded to get it and bring it to me. Well, these words of affirmation are one of my love languages. So simply her saying, I thought of you when I saw this. So this gift given accompanied by those words meant so much that I actually still have this empty bottle up above my kitchen counters as it acts as a reminder to me to be intentional in thinking of others, because I know what it feels like being on the other side of that. So receiving gifts. Number four, quality time. This is intentional one-on-one time. Every month, I I like to go on dates with my kids, just spending that time with each of them and, and doing what they want to do. It could be dinner out, it could be bowling, it could be a show, it could even just be driving around looking at Christmas lights at Christmas time. But quality time could also be a, a lunch date with a friend, a walk around the block with a spouse after dinner. This could even be a, a work outing for those at work. There's several at my work who enjoy our team parties that we do every other month because of this reason. They need that quality time of bonding. Something we can all do to show a little quality time is not having our phones out when we're with those we love, so not being distracted. Again, that intentional time spent with others of quality time. Number five, acts of service. This could simply be offering to help someone or someone offering to help you. For your child, it might be helping them with homework or teaching them a new skill. With a spouse, it could be doing a chore for them like laundry or dishes or even ironing their shirts or cooking dinner, keeping their favorite snack on hand, whatever. For someone at work, it might be helping them with a project that is coming up that has a deadline or simply just showing support for them or their idea in a staff meeting. I have a sweet neighbor who shows me this kind of love often as when I was married, my husband was the one that would take our garbage cans out to the street each week. Well, it's been years and still that is the one thing that I fail to do is I I struggle at staying on top of taking my garbage cans out to the side of the street each week. So this sweet neighbor will often take my trash cans out to the curb if he sees that they're still sitting out. It's just a very thoughtful thing to do, an act of service. 
So why learn all of these? What, what's the big idea about them? Well, a couple of things. One is we often show love to others with the love language we feel loved, but that isn't always the case of how others feel loved. So our efforts can actually fall on deaf ears, so to speak. For example, let's say you give someone a gift and that isn't their love language. When they don't get all excited and tell you how much they love the gift, you actually feel hurt because gifts is your love language. And and so you needed the confirmation of that gift being fully appreciated. Or maybe at work, you keep telling someone they did a good job, but their love language isn't words of affirmation. It is gifts. So you'd be better off giving them a gift card to someplace or maybe bringing them a gift such as their favorite coffee one morning. Understanding love languages, both ours and others, will help us better understand how we can show love and how others might be showing their love to us. We also need to know and understand our love language so we can better know what we need and therefore understand how to better communicate those needs to others. We can't expect others to just figure out what we're thinking. For me, I need to feel valued and appreciated. My love language is obviously words of affirmation. If I'm able to communicate this to others, they'll understand when showing me how that love looks like, it is through those words of affirmation. And that is how that love is going to best sink in with me. It also helps to to know the different types of love languages and, and what those are around us are experiencing as their love languages so that we can better understand the needs of those around us. So at work, our family, our friends. As with anything, love shouldn't be a one-way street. We need to be able to give to others what will fill them up and encourage them in the way that they receive such filling of their tank. Now, I've learned what my children's love languages are, and I try to be consistent in showing it to them on a regular basis with a lot of intention in the process. But I also try to show them each of the love languages as I fully believe, although we're more dominant in one or maybe two areas, we can receive benefit and blessing from each area. So an example of what this might look like for you is every single day when I drop off my kids at school, I tell my daughter she's beautiful, and I tell my son he's handsome words of affirmation. Each and every day, I I give my children a hug as soon as they get up and every night when I tuck them in bed. Physical touch. As I shared earlier, every single day, I handwrite a little note that I put in their lunch sacks. And although this can touch on the words of affirmation, as I mentioned earlier, since I use it for encouragement, Bible verses, reminders of perhaps to do things at school, or even I tell jokes, although only my son thinks I'm funny. <laughs> but there, there's a, somewhere hidden in their lunchbox, this this writing of, uh, of something, of a note on their napkin. So this is a receiving of gifts in this situation. Every night as we eat dinner around the table, we share what our least favorite part of our day is and also our favorite part of our day is. And and I listen, that quality time. I also have started a new thing called Pivot, where they walk in the room and I immediately stop looking at my phone or the TV or whatever it is I'm doing, and I pivot to give them 100% of my focus. This is a technique that we just learned during the interview with author Arlene Pelican in Season 2, Episode 29 about kids and screen time. I highly, highly, highly recommend taking just, what, 15, 20 minutes to listen to the episode as Arlene really shared some great applicable tips. So again, quality time. And then every day I try to find one way to serve my children. It may be helping with their homework, helping them put away the dishes, or even helping them clean their room or getting some laundry done quickly that they want to wear the next day, whatever it might be, but intentional acts of service. 
Now, in raising children to show love and care for others in the selfish world, it's important to teach them that love is not all about us, meaning we need to learn each other's love language so that we can best show them love to to where they'll feel it and see it for what it is. Love is exhibited in the intentional selflessness of putting one above ourselves. Now, this goes back to my son and daughter earlier in that argument about to hug or not to hug. (laughs) But my children learned that by talking to each other, that my daughter, although totally not a hugger, realized that that is what her brother needed. And my son, on the other hand, learned that since sister doesn't like to hug, that he couldn't expect that every night. But he could respect his sister and her love language by showing his love to her by simply telling her, sister, I love you, as he heads off to bed some nights. Again, it's not all about getting the love, but showing that love to others. Now, whether you're a man or woman of faith or not, there's a beautiful verse in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 8, that references what love is. It's stated like this, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. And it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So what can we do as a result of listening today? Well, first off, I'd encourage you to learn what your love language is. If you go to the Five Love Languages website, they have a link to take that love language quiz. I'll I'll put that link in my uh, show notes so you can easily access that. I'd also suggest that you have your loved ones take the quiz. And then perhaps at dinner tomorrow night or while driving the kids to school or even before bed with your spouse, talk about what you all discovered about yourself and listen to your loved one's love languages so that you know how to best show them the love they need to receive. You can even go to a step further by using this in your workplace. In addition to the five love languages book, Gary Chapman has one for kids, so learning your kids' love language, as well as the workplace. So great opportunity to better connect with your coworkers, and especially if you're in a leadership role, this will really have a a bonus effect of just helping that overall pathway of communication, especially as a leader. So highly, highly, highly recommend going in and checking out that. But then show love this week. Be intentional and looking for ways to love on those around you. Now, I'd really enjoy hearing from you this week and what your love language is, and even perhaps share with us how you showed love this week. So feel free to just log on to your Facebook or Instagram and connect with me at Holly's Highlights for Facebook or at Holly Kirby for Instagram. And you'll see this episode posted. So just share in the comments below. And I think we'd all really enjoy reading those. As 1 Corinthians 13, 13 tells us, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, my friend, and you love and live loved. Thank you for joining me on this journey of life. I hope that today's highlight has been encouraging, inspiring, and equipping so you can go out and live your life full of purpose. I'd be honored if you'd take a moment to leave a review, or better yet, subscribe. We can also stay in touch by joining my email list at hollykirby.com. 
That's H-O-L-L-Y-C-U-R-B-Y.com. Until next time, make it a great day for a great day.